Hi guys, welcome to the Sling Den Slingshot Podcast, episode three. I'm here today with a very special guest, and that is Gaspar Akron. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly. If not, I'm sure he will correct me. But anyway, without further ado, let's get on with introducing our guest. Hi there, Gaspar. How are you doing? Hello, hello. I am very happy to be here. I hope I pronounced your name right. Is it Gaspar? Yeah, it was good. It was good. Good, good, good. So, um, yeah, for people who don't know, um, the reason I've invited you on really is because I've seen some very, very interesting videos um, of you shooting the slingshot, um, primarily in target shooting and competition shooting. But um, just give the listeners and the watchers a little idea of who you are and what you do. Okay, well, uh, I am I am Gaspar Arcon. I am 32 years old, and I've been shooting a slingshot, competi- competition slingshots or um, target slingshots for 17 years. Uh, in Spain, there is there is not a hunting tradition. Uh, moreover, in Spain, uh, hunting with a slingshot it's by law completely forbidden. So the only way to enjoy slingshots in Spain actually is uh, by using them in competition. So that's why uh, I am not a hunter because mm-hmm. uh, I, I couldn't I couldn't kill an animal. Uh, the only the the only way I understand slingshots is by going to tournaments and competitions. Okay, um, and what what was it about slingshots um, in the beginning? Because if you've been, I mean, you said you've been doing it for seventeen years. What made you first pick up a slingshot? Okay, it was well. That's a question that I I I have been asked a lot of times. Uh, when I was 14 years old, uh, I was introduced thanks to my to my uncle, not by my father, by my uncle. Um, well, it was I just I was just bored, and, and the only way um, it was introduced to me. Uh, let me explain. I have to think first in Spanish, so it's yeah. a little bit complicated <laughs> for me. Uh, but um, it was introduced just like a funny game. So to speak, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and I was hooked ever since because uh, I realized that I could be very proficient with it. I realized that uh, just like any hobby, just paying attention to details, to practice, uh, as you say in English, practice makes perfect. So mm-hmm. I knew and I realized that I could be very proficient with it if I, if I uh, took the time to learn. Uh, and well, I think that Mm, it took me a lot of time to learn because when I was 14, uh, there was not YouTube to learn tutorials from. Um, I think that uh, the most, the most, um, the most stuff that I learned back in the day was, uh, um, uh, as I, I have to think first, uh, just by going to the competition, just paying attention, just asking questions straight to the people. And that's the best way, uh, a very slow way, but um, it was worth it because um, I've developed a form and a technique that that suits me perfect. And that's what I am using for years. So would you say your techniques changed over the years at all then? That's quite interesting. There's a good point that you make that there is no YouTube available. So 
Um, there's no hands-on content out there to help you. So you've had to ask yeah. people. And I suppose a little bit of it is trial and error as well. So if you do something wrong, exactly. you're learning from exactly. a mistake, and then you're correcting that mistake, and therefore you're, you know, you're, you're shooting a lot better. But has anything changed over the years? Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, this is one of the main problems uh, with uh, people abroad, like you, for example, if you wanted to, to try a Spanish slingshot, uh, that's the that's the main issue that most people um, encounter or to uh, the fa that find abroad shooters because they realize that on YouTube there is not a tutorial for a Spanish slingshots to start with. So that's uh, that's the main issue. And as I told you, uh, only few people in Spain speaks English uh, about the slingshots, but for uh, for answering answering you the most proper way, uh, I think it's time for me to show you uh, Spanish frames because it's a, if I show it, you will understand it. Okay, from from 14 years old until I was 21, I mean the first seven years, I didn't need to use glazes. So the most easy the, the easiest way the easiest way uh, to shoot a Spanish screenshot. Is completely the right habit. This is the, the my main one. Okay, uh, it's completely um, upright in this position, like this. Okay, uh, I have to focus on the camera, but this is the, the easiest way. Having having the slingshot completely upright. Okay, and you anchor the pouch right on the eye. Okay, that's the most easy easy way to learn it. But the main problem for me, I developed myopia when I was 21, I mean 11 years ago, and I realized that I couldn't shoot without glazes anymore, and that's why I need to use glazes. And that's what and that's uh, when the problem starts because in, in if you need glazes, you cannot anchor anymore on the on the eye corner. Okay. Even, even so though those little, the little extra centimeters, it, it makes a big difference, doesn't it? So even yeah, though you can exactly. where your lens is, it's, it's still making a big difference. Yeah, uh, I've tried to to use contact uh, contact uh, contact lenses, mm -hmm. but um, you you are looking at the target almost at ninety degrees, um, your body position, your stance. Okay, so I didn't I didn't feel comfortable. With the contact lenses, and it is way easier to focus on the target with with glazes, and that's why I don't use contact. Um, mm -hmm. um, that's where, as I told you, that's when when the problem starts because uh, the easiest way, in case you are going, um, in case you are missing that target, adjusting the the frame. Uh, if you are shooting upright, it's very easy because you are working on a vertical axis and horizontal axis. And it's mm -hmm. very easy uh, with this kind of frame to adjust it with these uh, at the forge by moving up to um, left to right each individual band. And in case you are going, uh, in case you are missing up and down, you are uh, adjusting the side. Okay. Right. But, um, as I needed to use glazes, uh, you you realize 
that you you've got to anchor, anchor either on your nose or on your mouth corner. Okay, and that's when you feel that if you do that, you can sh you cannot shoot upright anymore. You have to to lean the angle at 45 degrees or 90 degrees this mm -hmm. way, and adjusting the frame, um, adjusting the frame um, that way is very complicated. It takes a lot of time. It is not impossible, but it it, it takes way longer. And even even for us Spanish shooters, it is something that we still struggle. So let alone that if we are Spanish and we struggle, let alone someone that it is abroad that doesn't know anything about the Spanish slingshot, uh, um, doesn't have any kind of information to learn from. And that's the main problem. And just explain a little bit about what's the difference, because when I look at that thing, that's completely different to anything that I've ever used before. Um, so what are the main differences? Is, is that a slingshot that's primarily used in Spain um, or is it an, more of a, um, I mean, I've not seen any of them in the UK. Do they use them in it Italy, uh, France, or is, is that what you would class as a Spanish slingshot? So the main difference, um, I think that it is uh, the, the gap, the fourth gap. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the other difference that we've got aside that I don't, I don't know if you can see it on the camera. I, I, I will I will do my best, but mm -hmm. right here is the side. Okay, right here is the side, and you've got here a hole yeah. and a point, and that's very very easy for us because we've got to peep the uh, the point through the hole, and okay. that allows uh, allow us to to adjust not only aiming at the target, but also making sure that our waist alignment is perfectly on place. And that's not something that with any kind of other slingshot, you can do it. And that uh, that's very, very, um, it gives you the possibility to make tighter groupings because you are not only paying attention to the aiming point, but also to the waist alignment. And um, when you use it proficiently, you realize that you are you are able to make way tighter groups, or at least it it is easier. And I'm assuming you mentioned just before we started the podcast, you've got quite a wide collection. Have you used um, the, the normal? When I say normal, I mean your simple shots, your wasps. Um, your sniper slings, have you, have you used any of those or a natural slingshot, yeah. for example? Yeah. Have you yeah. used any I, of them? I, I've used them. I use them. Um, the, uh, I don't remember the name, the Simple Shot Scout. Yes. The, the, first yeah. generation, the, the first generation Scout, I have one. Uh, I, use, I have here my natural frame. Okay. Okay. Right here. Um, I've got the Unifox from from Wasp, Wasp but yeah. uh, but as I explain a lot a lot of times, I can I can use that technique or this the Spanish technique, so to speak. It's, so it, it, it is to, it is different. So you have but, to change your technique based on the frame itself. Yeah, ex exactly, exactly, because uh, that's one of the problems that you realize 
when if you have it, if you have it, you realize quickly that um, the ergonomics requires you to do a different technique that you are that you were used, and that's why it requires, um, especially for someone that hasn't been used to, uh, to either move the bands to either what I, what do I do? Uh, move the bands, either move the side up, up and down. So you've got a lot of possibilities uh, to do with it. So that's uh, you realize if, for example, if you go to a Spanish tournament or the Spanish nationals, uh, that um, either more fancy or not, the, the Spanish frames, uh, we, we like a lot of ergonomics. So that's uh, the, other, the, the other difference, as, as you asked me. Uh, we, we don't mind if the, if the frames are very bulky, very chunky, uh, because our main concern is ergonomics. Um, we, don't, we don't care if, if it's very big or pokerable, as you say in English. Uh, that's not something we care about. So that's, uh, that's the, the, the other difference that you can tell if you go to a Spanish tournament, you realize that no one is using it for hunting. And we don't need uh, pokerable frames. We, we even have, let me show you, we, we even have uh, sweet cases for, to, to carry the, the frames, okay? Either this one sure. or either this one that you've got here, the Spanish frames, to carry them. Because we don't, we don't need to, to carry it uh, on the pocket. Sure. So that's the one, that's the, the other one. For example, this is the one I use in the roll cup. This, this one is the one I use in the roll cup. And this and is... Was that made, uh, was that, is, that made by yourself? Uh, no, it is made by my father. Uh, I am, I am the shooter, but I am not skilled enough to make them. Uh, my father is also a shooter, but he he tends more to to the builder uh, to the builder side of the initials. I am more the shooter. Um, I don't. I don't. I don't have nor the skill. The tools, the space, the time. My father is retired, so he has a lot of free time to make them. And this is actually an orange tree fork in Valencia, in the east coast where I live. It is um, it is very common the orange tree, and this is actually an orange tree fork. Uh, adapt to the Spanish style with with the side. You have here also uh -huh. the, the hole to to peep. This is the pin, the pin, the aiming pin. You can see it here, and you can either move the bands, as I told you. It is the exact same system. And we're just going to touch on um, competition shooting in a second, but is there any regulations or restrictions in the equipment they use in these competitions? So does it have to be a slingshot like that, or could you actually turn up with um, something else? You can, you can use uh, anything you want. But uh, the only restriction that I've um, that I've known over the years, uh, it is not focused uh, on the slingshots, but on the pouch. Um, many people here, and I don't think so, 
but many people here um it is um let me let me find the proper word in english uh don't like magnet coaches a lot of people here in spain used a uh, long time ago um to use magnet coaches because uh i am not one of those shooters but for example my father or any other any other uh, shooters used to use magnet coaches in the inside of the boat uh, if you shoot up right, uh, I don't. I don't have any pouch uh, that I could show you, but imagine just two pouches that are shown here on the on the back. So you mm -hmm. got like you. You are not grabbing uh, the ball. You are grabbing the top of the pouch. So when you pull back, the the pouch is pressing down the pressing down the, the ball and inside it's a magnet um a lot of people so you're, here, hold, you're holding behind you're holding behind the ball then in a sense you're ex actually exactly, able to hold exactly, yeah. exactly your fingers are behind the ball and when you pull back the same force of the of the band are pressing down and not are not allowing the the ball to fall okay and inside of it there's a magnet and there's a lot of people here in Spain that use that kind of uh, that kind of coach. For example, uh, I remember uh, some guys that went last year to the to the European Championship that use one of those coaches. If you find um, if you find those pictures from last summer, the European champion, you can if you pay attention to the Spanish shooters. You will you will realize that some shooters are using that kind of coach because the release is way easier because you are not actually holding the ball but holding a tap. And a lot of people think that that's a name. That's not actually that is something that it is going to help you and improve your accuracy. And that's um, that's ha that has been forbidden. Uh, so, if you want to use that kind of pouch, it is allowed as long as it doesn't have the magnet inside. That's the only right. thing that's that quite, it is. Sorry? That's quite interesting because I think one of the biggest problems with accuracy um, is the release. A lot of people say that yeah. if you go in wrong, it's usually because of the release. So, I'm suppo I suppose with the magnet is eliminating that problem because exactly. you don't have to worry about the release so much. Exactly. If you if you search for uh, uh, if you search for um, pouches in AliExpress, for example, uh, or either you search for magnet pouches, you will find the Chinese version of it, and it is um, it is very similar to the one I am trying to describe you. Uh, my father has one, but I live very far away from my father. I cannot. I cannot have one here for you to show it now today, but I will try to. I will ask my father to take a picture for me and try mm -hmm. to send it to you as soon as possible. But uh, as I told you, you search for it in AliExpress and you search for magnet pouch, you will realize that it is very, very similar. And as uh, answering to your question, uh, the only thing that it is forbidden on the Spanish uh, on the Spanish rules are that one. 
regarding regarding Spanish frames or any other kind of frames. Uh, you can use anything you want, either with sight, without it. Uh, um, there is not any kind of, re of restrictions on that matter. Okay, and I've seen the resume, um, some of the competitions you've entered, some of the achievements you've had over the years. Um, but just give the um, the listeners and the watchers a quick rundown of the sort of things um, that you've competed in and what you've achieved over the years. Well, the main one, I, I must start with the World Cup. It is the one that I will I will remember always in my life because because it was um, a very nice experience. Four years, sorry, five years ago in 2018, uh, I was I was seventh in the world. I think there was 193 shooters, uh, more or less. Wow. Very close, very close to 200. It was in Italy. And I managed through, uh, throughout the whole weekend um, to, to finish on seventh place in the single event. And the day after, on Sunday, um, I am explaining this because I am not sure if people is familiar with the format of the broadcast, but uh, you shoot on the single event uh, Friday and Saturday, okay? If okay. it is exactly the same format, you should upper target the first round. Second, from second to seventh round on the day, you are shooting at knockdowns. Okay, we don't use spinners on the on the brawl cup. Uh, you can you can use spinners practicing, but it is uh, it is not something that you are going to see on serious tournaments. Uh, okay, you are going you will always see either paper targets or knockdowns. Okay, so once once I once explain this. Um, you always start with paper targets, only one round per day, and from second round to the seventh one, we are shooting at, uh, at knockdowns, okay? That's uh, the single event for Friday and Saturday. From that, uh, once the classification and the score table has been formed at the end of Saturday, you will take the first or the best eight shooters of each country. And mainly this, the, the Sunday, it's only the team event. So that's, uh, I managed on Sunday to be uh, the world champion representing Spain. So it was, uh, it was a, very, a very nice weekend that, we, that I will remember forever, that I will cherish. Um, it, was, it was a perfect performance. But uh, once I managed that at the at the World Cup, uh, the the second main the second main title for me was the runner up runner up on the 2013, the third place in 2015. Um, I'm I am I I have to think first in Spanish. Sorry, that's in the team. 10, 10 meters event, okay? The, that's the considered the main one. But at the same time, I've won um, the team event and the speed shooting. I've won uh, two times the team event at 10 meters. I've won five times in Valencia, in my city. So that's more or less my, my resume. 
And when we talk about sort of world championships, there's usually a qualification process. Is there a qualification process for slingshot shooting? Do you have to do well on the regional scene to be able to go to the world championships? Uh, I wish I wish that there was a system in order to classify to that, but uh, um, that's not as a that is not the first time I I answered that. Um, I think that the most proper word in English to explain that and the, the easiest to sum up it's completely open. You you are absolutely free to take your screenshot and go to to the broad cap uh, without worrying about a system to classify. You pay your flight ticket, you go to the World Cup, it is completely open, you don't need to, to qualify prior to the tournament and you can you can participate without any kind of qualification system for now. Okay. Um, the first time was in uh, the first edition was in 2018. Um, as long as I know there is not uh, there is not going to be any any other system because the next one is going to be the next year in Shanghai. And as I've been told, there is not going to be any kind of system because if you have a bigger picture of the hobby, there is not enough people right now in order to do that. Because a lot of people also, for example, like you, like going to blinking or hunting with a slingshot, um, there is not a dedicated, for example, like me, dedicated tournament people. Um, mm -hmm there is not going to be, at least for now, people that have to qualify for that. And obviously, when, when, when we shoot slingshots, the whole goal behind it is to be able to be accurate, whether you're using that for competition, whether you're using it for hunting, whether you're knocking cans down in the back garden. Um, but is there, a, a, is there a certain way that you... Uh, prepare for a competition um, is it a certain thing that you would do differently to what I would do so for example I have my spinners um, you know if I go out on a little hunt or I'm looking for something I'm, I'm you know I'm, I'm doing different things there but when it comes to competition shooting what do you need to do to make sure that on the day when you turn up um, excluding things like nerves and the pressure and the mental side of things what do you do beforehand to make sure that you're ready to go in and provi provide yourself with a better performance? Well, my main routine for that is uh, making sure the rules that are going to apply on that day, because uh, in Spain, there's time that you compete uh, with a very similar format, like the Brawl Cup, with upper targets and with knockdowns. And my main routine is making sure what I'm going to use on that day uh, because uh, there's places that um, there is not a strict format for that. I mean, there's a lot of people that is going to use only knockdowns or combine them. So in my main routine for that is that I use, um, I use barely spinners because I know that in Spain we are not going to use them in competition to that. From my point of view, as a competitive shooter, it is almost almost um, pointless uh, to use spinners because it is not something that's going to to see or compete against on a on a tournament. 
So I am trying to replicate the same system, the same rounds, the same number of rounds, the same number of shots, the same size of the targets, even even the same material of the targets because it's uh, the metal metal knockdowns or rubber knockdowns or leather knockdowns are not going to to react against a shot the same way. So uh, I am trying to replicate as exact way as possible as I'm going to compete against. Sure, and you 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 mentioned earlier about the speed shooting, um, and myself. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it was you, myself, and Mark from ATO. Uh, we were having a quick chat um, a couple of weeks ago about um, the, the the times that it takes. So the the pressure that you're under to take the times. Just to explain to everyone that might not be aware about that. What is the time situation when you're in competition? Because you can't stand there and take 30 seconds to a minute for every single shot. You are under a time pressure. So just let everyone know what that's like um, and what, what the competition states as the rules in taking those shots at the time. Well, that's, um, that is not that thing. It is not easy to deal with at, at all because uh, I don't remember if I told you on the chat but you've got a countdown. Um, more or less uh, is two minutes for each five shots or five targets. So if you if you are looking at five targets, you are um, probably going to have a two minute knockdown. Okay. If you see ten knockdowns, you are probably you, your time will be your countdown will be four minutes. So that's that's something that prior prior to your shoot, it is something that you have to bear in mind because you've got to calculate. Okay, I've got two minutes. I've got five targets. I know that um, I've got 120 seconds to deal with for those five targets. And how to deal with that pressure? In in my opinion, uh, the the secret secret so to speak for me is my breathing okay so i am if i manage to control my breathing um it is very easy for me to deal with the nerve okay so it is uh it is kind of uh, a sensation that you've got to feel because it is very hard for me in english to explain that um once I manage to control my breathing to exhale and inhale my beer, um, my I, I don't shake anymore, so to speak. Uh, if I, if I don't control my breathing, I start shaking a lot. But once I calm down, once I control my beer, it is very easy for me. I I am very steady with the hand, and that smoothens all the performance after all. And I suppose I, it's not I, something you can sure, really replicate. I, so, sorry, sorry to interrupt. Sorry to interrupt. I am not sure if I explained no, myself. Okay. No, no, it's a good explanation. Um, it, it was, I'm just kind of, when we're talking about practicing, it's not something you can really replicate in practice because you're not under the competition pressure. You can set yourself a timer at home if you're practicing. Um, you can set yourself two minutes to hit five targets, but... You're relaxed. You're in your own environment. There's no one else around. 
Um, whereas when it comes to competition time, there's other people around. You know that the shots that you're making is going to make a difference to your score and how you're going to finish the tournament. So obviously you can't really practice for that or do you feel there's a way that you can kind of prepare for that prior to the tournament? That's one of the systems that I want to include for this year because um, let, let me explain. Um, I've, I found out that in archery, the, the, Korean, the Korean national team in archery uh, train in the same venue. Um, I mean, uh, let, let me think first in Spanish, sorry. Um, the, the, the venue for the national team in Korea archery uh, train in a very similar environment that are going to compete against. Uh, and they even have loudspeakers and record the audience. And once in the training, um, and try to replicate a competition environment with the speakers. Uh, and that's a very easy way to replicate the same environment that, I, that they are going to have on the competition because they are also training their nerves. Okay, that it is mm -hmm. something that I want to record uh, with a microphone uh, and trying to replicate the same system that the Koreans are using in archery because um, I read an article about, um, about archery um, that explain more or less the system that the Korean archers train with. Um, it, it, it can be included um, into a thing. Um, I would like to do that because I think that that is going to be uh, the, ultimate, the ultimate change for me in my training because if I am able to train my nerves also on my training venue, it will be very easy for me in the future. And does it make a difference when the time is on? I mean, it, it, is every part of the competition timed or is that just in the speed shooting? So is, is there two different things or? Uh, can you reformulate the question? Because I think that I didn't get the question. Yeah, so the speed shooting and then you got uh -huh. your, say, 10 meters. Is it is there still a timer in the 10 meters or is or is that different to the speed shooting? Well, first of all, in, this, in, in Spain, what happens is that uh, the way we do the, the speed shooting it is different than the way you would do the speed shooting abroad because um, that also uh, it is explained by looking at the Spanish people uh, or Spanish shooters. Uh, the, the ergonomics, the ergonomics on the frame, the more chunky it is. Uh, the more it slow you down in order to, to do a speed shooting. The, the lighter, the more slimmer the frame is, it, is allow, it allows you to be quicker doing a speed shooting. So in Spain, um, you don't do a speed shooting by yourself. In, I mean, it is not a single event. It is made by three, by three people. It is not single. As I, I, I try to explain myself the best way. Uh, it is um, the team event, the team event, it is divided uh, in the speed shooting. And there's a team in the Spanish nationals that are going to do the 10 meters. Um, the main difference because the speed event, you've got 60 seconds or one minute to knock 
10, 10, 10 targets. And there's also the other event in the team event that is only going to do the 10 meter without the time. Okay. So that's the way we do it. The speed shooting, you won't see, you won't see a single event, uh, sorry, the single or single event of speed shooting in Spain. I don't, I'm not sure if I explained myself right because um, in general, Spain, Spanish shooters are not, uh, are not quick doing speed, speed shooting because it is not something that we are used to. Uh, we often take a lot of time, maybe 20, 25, 30 seconds a shot. So for most Spanish shooters that take 20, 25, 30 seconds a shot, when they are told that, that, that they are going to do a speed shooting, it is, uh, it is very hard for us. So that's why we need two more people in order to knock 10 shots in one minute. I'm, I'm not sure if I explained yeah, myself. No, but... no I, un I understand. And wh when you say there's a time, does it matter how many shots you take or is it just a time and that's it? So, for example, if, if your goal is to knock down all targets within two minutes, so if you've got five targets in two minutes, could you take 10 shots or yeah. is that how yeah, they measure? Yeah, not... That, that, that's the good thing. That's the good thing about the speed shot. Uh, there is not any kind of shot limit. You can shoot as many shots as uh, as many shots as you can inside that minute. So that's the that's the only limit. You've got you've got uh, um, yourself, your two friends, and you are three people shooting at ten targets in one minute, and that's the only thing that matters. There is not any kind of any other limit. And well, that's uh, that's the challenge. That's the challenge inside that minute that you can shoot as many as many times as you can. Sure, um, and there's just one one thing I want to touch on. I'm going to leave a link in the description to this. Um, I've seen a video of you doing the ten bottle caps, um, and just for the listeners and the watchers, I I, I found this uh, really fascinating. So. You stood, and I'm not sure on the distance of what it is, but you, ten you meters, stood away. Ten meters. Ten meters. Yes, ten you meters. stood ten meters away from these bottle caps. And when I say bottle caps, there's just your regular bottle caps like you'd see on a exactly. bottle of Coca-Cola. Um, and they're all lined up. There's ten. And you hit ten in a row. Um, yeah. Absolutely yeah. perfectly. Um, and I was, uh, I, I kind of mentioned in the chat that is almost as if every single shot that you take is the same. You could rewind the video, but every single shot that you take is the same. There's obviously your technique is going to be the same, but there's there's very very little movement in between each one. Um, how how do you get to the point where you're able to shoot as accurate as that, and stay well, as still and repetitive as that? Um, that's that's the challenge. Um, because uh, getting used to a technique that you are that you feel comfortable with, uh, it is very hard, and it took me a lot of time, a lot of trial and error. And as I told you on at the beginning, uh, practice makes perfect. So that is not actually um, kind of secret that I am hiding or that I don't want to talk about. There is not any kind of secret. It is um, practice and error. I've, I've learned a lot about an, archer, uh, an American archer. 
that uh, his name is Jake Kaminsky. It is two-time Olympic medalist in archery. And I learned a lot from that guy that um, I tried to replicate his technique into a slingshot. And it was uh, very easy for me from that point, from the breathing, from the elbow raise when I am when I am shooting at the target, okay, the way the way I hold my pouch, the way I raise my elbow, the way I control my breathing, the way I am stretching the bounds, the way I'm aiming, all that sequence, even the follow through that is called in English, even the follow through once you release the pouch, the shot doesn't end when you release the pouch, but when ball reaches the target. So the way you behave uh, those seconds when you release the pouch and the way your body uh, um, remains frozen, even that uh, I learned from that guy. Um, as I told you, there is not any kind of secret that I'm hiding. There is, it is, um, you can, you can watch it yourself. So uh, I would like to explain it in a better way, but uh, it is a matter of trying an error and realizing, okay, I am trying to not raising my head, but maybe um, going down. What happens if I remain frozen and just uh, adjust my elbow down? What happens if I relax my, my front elbow? What happens if I hold the pose this way or this way? And I'm trying to study any kind of changes, changes, and how it affects at 10 meters at the target. Um, I found a way that if I remain frozen, I I found a way that if I hold my pose this way, the elbow, the wrist, the way I aim, and when all those sequence is spot on, uh, okay, uh, I won't change anything, and that's the point I am now that. I can shoot very accurate with it. Uh, I, I've got, uh, I don't have any reason to change because as I told you, I think that my technique, I don't have to do any work with it uh, by now. Um, that's the best way I can explain it in English. And like for myself, I've been shooting for a couple of years and even now I have to, I have to think about what I'm doing every time. So I have to think about how I'm holding the frame um, I have to think about my anchor point. I have to think about where my dominant eye is over the bands, where my reference point is, and that my elbow is, you know, elevated. Do you still have to do these things, being that you've shot for so long um, and you've been in so many competitions, you've been successful in what you're doing? Do you still have to think about every single little thing, or is a lot of it now just natural instinct and you can just exactly. do it? Exactly. The best, the best way... Uh, you describe it the perfect way. It, it comes once you practice that so many times. Um, in my case, I practice more or less eight, nine, ten hours a week. So when you when you train for so long, um, you it becomes automatic for you. Uh, so so to speak, I don't I don't have any other word to describe it the best way in English. But um, the easiest way for me to explain it, it becomes automatic. It becomes uh, a natural for you. So when you think about if you 
if you go to a competition, you don't have time to pay attention on your hair, but you don't have time to to your rest. Uh, you've got two minutes or two minutes and a half or even three minutes. You don't have uh, the time to think about that. It, it has to be fully automatic for you. The only thing that you've got to focus on is on the target. Um, that's some work that you've got to do on your training, uh, not on the competition, because uh, it, it, may, it may seem that three minutes or two minutes, it is a lot of time for five shots, but um, it, pass, it passes by very quick that time. So once you go to the, your first tournament, you will realize that you don't have time to think about that. Um, by the time you go there, you want to do that work on the training. Sure. And I suppose, like for myself, if I miss the target, it is quite easy for me. And it might, it might be wrong in saying this, um, but... Would it be a case of it's easier for me to understand where I've gone wrong because I'm I, I'm not as naturally, um, you know, my, my technique isn't as complex as yours where you can just do it. So if I notice I go to the right or I'm a little bit up or I'm a little bit down, I think, right, it could be my elbow. Um, was, you know, was my hand slightly tilting the frame a little bit there? Whereas once you become very natural in what you're doing, is it quite difficult to work out what's gone wrong if you miss a shot? So if you miss a shot because you're doing the same thing every single time, what what does what makes you think, hmm, I did this wrong, or I, you know, how how do you find out where you've gone wrong if you're so naturally developed in your technique? Let, let me let me explain. I will show you my catch box, and once I show you my mm -hmm. catch box, you will understand better, and I will I will be able to answer or to address that question way better if I show you uh, my sure. catch box. Give me just uh, five seconds. Okay. Okay, this is, this is my catch box, okay? So mm, this is not uh, your regular catch box where you hang a spinner on it. Uh, I always train with, uh, with cardboard, okay? If, if I use cardboard, it is uh, very easy for me because of the hole I leave. Uh, it is very easy for me to tell what I'm doing wrong or if I am doing it right. For example, in this case, it is, uh, I, don't want to, I don't want to show off or um, don't, take it, don't take that answer if I, if I was uh, showing off, uh, for example. In, in, in this case, uh, I am not, I'm not doing anything wrong at all. It is, uh, it is 10 shots inside. So if I did any, any changes maybe on my elbow, uh, I realized, for example, in my case, that if I raise too much my elbow, my shots go down. If I um, go down my elbow, the shots uh, are up. Maybe if I am uh, anchoring the boat way too tight to my face, my shots go to the right, right here. If I if I don't press myself enough on the face, my shots go to the left. So I, I will be hitting 
right here. So that's the best way for me to train. It is with a cardboard because I don't train. As I told you, I, I try to not use a spinner because obviously uh, using a spinner, you know that if you hit it, you know if you miss it, but if you miss, you are not uh, sure about where exactly you are missing. So for me, the best mm -hmm. way to the best way for me to train uh, to to learn myself what I'm doing wrong, and the best way for me to learn from that mistake and improve myself is using a cardboard because it's very easy to tell what you are doing wrong by the hole you are leaving on the cardboard. And that's, uh, that's more or less uh, my training routine. Uh, not only trying to replicate uh, the system that I am going to the competitions, but uh, before uh, using knockdowns or before using Piper, Piper targets, I try always to shoot at my catch box because this is the easiest way for me to tell if I am on the right place or and when it comes down to your slingshot, I imagine when you're competition shooting, although I can imagine you being very accurate with no matter what slingshot you pick up, um, I suppose it's very important to be very familiar with your setup. So you, do you often change That's what essential. you use? That's essential. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you use the same thing each and every time? Because um, you mentioned... Can you reformulate you mentioned, the you Sorry, mentioned you earlier, the questions? yeah, sure. You mentioned earlier you've got—is it a new slingshot? The new slingshot you've got—is that—is that fairly new? Uh, the the yellow one. Yes, is that new? Uh no, it was made in two thousand nineteen, so it it is uh, four four years old. <laughs> four, four years, years old. old, and how so, difficult? Uh, how difficult was it for you? to change over to something like that? Because um, obviously you competed in the World Championships in 2018. Um, so you, you must have got that a little later on after. How difficult was it to change that? Or um, is it set up in a way where it performs just the same as the other one? Exactly. Um, um, think about, um, let me explain the, the story behind, because once I explain the the story you will understand better. When I was uh, when I was uh, in the World Cup, that's the good thing because you get to know a lot of people in the World Cup with like different philosophies, the different ways we understand and screenshots. Not only in Spain but in different countries. And one of the things that I learned from the Chinese guys was uh, back then in 2018 that uh, the, smallest, the smallest ammo uh, ammunition that we use in Spain back then was eight millimeters. And the smallest, uh, the smallest ammunition that the Chinese guys use it was uh, one quarter of an inch, which is 6.3 mil. Okay, right. uh, why, am I explaining, why am I explaining this? Because obviously the smaller the, the ball is, the lighter, and at 10 meters it travels in a, in a, in a straight way. I mean, uh, the trajectory uh, or the flight of the ball is completely straight. 
the it's light. Extra is. Of the way. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I didn't. I didn't find the word. I didn't find the word in English. But that, that's the that's the that's the word. Uh, the lighter the ball is, the 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 less drop you have, and that's uh, very important at 10 meters, um, because it is easier for you to 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 regulate the side if you don't have drop. With the Spanish frames, if you are holding, as I told you, if uh, if you are if you don't if you don't use glazes and you hold the slingshot upright, uh, you don't have a, you don't have a drop at all. Your um, your ball travels in a straight line. But I needed to use glazes already in 2018. I needed to anchor on my on my face, and I had a lot of drop. So I realized that the Chinese guys were using a very small ball that allowed me to don't have that issue. So that, that was the moment after the World Cup that I realized that if, um, if, I, um, if I wanted to do my training way easier, I needed to use not only Spanish frames, not only Spanish gum rubber, that it is almost a square like this one. I needed to use a different kind of frames, Chinese frames for Amel Express or either like this one that the current one I'm using, that is completely handmade by one of my friends. For example, this one, okay, that I can regulate here uh, the foregap. You will see here the bolt. Sure. I can regulate. I I can regulate the foregap. I can regulate the side. And this is the kind of frame that suits me the most uh, for now because uh, I have a flat trajectory. It is very easy for me to tell the to tell any mistake. It is very easy for me to tell if the trajectory has dropped or it flies straight. Um, that's the reason why I am not using currently way too much Spanish screenshots, but these kind of frames, because in, I make, as you can see, I, I, am, able, I am able to do tighter tighter groups. Um, you, can, you can do that also with the Spanish frames, obviously, but getting to that point, getting to this point with the Spanish frames uh, takes you a lot of time. Um, I wanted to speed up, so to speak. I wanted to do my training way easier. The way we adjust the frames, it is way easier, and that's the point I am at right now. I, don't, I am not sure if I explained myself right, if I am answering your question, but that's, uh, that's the best way I am, that I can explain myself in English. No, sure, no, perfect. Um, and obviously when it comes to the bands, how, you mentioned you went from eight mils to what was it, 6.3s, something along those lines. Um, and I also noticed the one that your friend, the uh, frame that your friend has made you there has more of the um, the other one, the the wooden one that your friend has made for you. Yeah, so one? that one's got, yeah, so that one's got more of the flat bands that we're kind of used to here. Um, um, how does that affect your shooting? Because that that looks more like what I would usually use on one of my slingshots. However, the other one that you've got, the yellow. Um, slingshot there the bands look very very different so how does that affect um the shooting well uh, it has to do with elongation 
um, with the Spanish frames, uh, the maximum elongation you 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 can have is uh, three hundred percent of elongation, which is more about if my if my draw length is uh, seven, 75, 75 centimeters, if you divide it by three, you will realize that you've got to have twenty five uh, centimeter long bands. Okay, this is this is twenty five long bands. Okay. The moment you shorten up these bands in a Spanish frames, for example, if you try to shoot with 15, 15, for example, let's say that this is 15 long bands, you are shortening um, the draw, uh, you will realize with the Spanish frames that it is very, very hard to shoot accurate with it. Um, I haven't found the reason why, I can explain the reason why, but uh, the lower you go to the elongation, the easier it becomes to use the Spanish frame. Uh, and that has to do with the problem of the drop. Okay, for, for me, having this kind, for, uh, for example, this is the taper I use uh, currently. It is uh, 20 on the front, 10 on the back of the pouch end, and it is uh, uh, 0.40 mil of thickness. Okay, uh, and this is uh, the band setup that I'm using currently with 6.3 balls, and it uh, it flies the ball absolutely straight to the target, um, and this is an elongation of 555. So um, the maximum elongation of this band of this band is uh, six 600. So I am pretty close to the maximum elongation. I don't, um, I don't care if uh, the closer you get, the closer you get to that maximum elongation, the less band life you have. But I don't care. Uh, I don't care about that. Uh, the only thing I care about is uh, the maximum performance. So if a band for me lasts, uh, for example, only 200 shots. It is not something that I am going to care about because all I care about is the performance and the tighter group as possible. Um, and that's that's my personal preference. Um, and that's the best way I can explain it. Sure. And that's quite an interesting point you make there about um, band life. If you're in a competition setting, um, I'm assuming that your setup is brand new. So you don't want a band that you've been shooting for, say, a couple of days, and then you get into the and your band snaps halfway through the shoot. So is that part of the preparation as well, is just making sure that all your equipment is set up to the best possible way? And how do you go about doing that? Exactly. One of the, one of the things that um, I have to pay attention on when I train is the band life. A lot of... Uh, you you've got to pay attention a lot on that because uh, the days prior to a tournament, I have to think first um, the shots. I take I take time uh, to take note of the shots I'm taking with that band. Um, for example, um, let, me, let me explain the best way possible. I have to think first in Spanish. Uh, the maximum shots with a with a with a band that I go to a tournament is forty to fifty shots. 
if uh, if I go if I go through that, I am will not use that band on a competitions because um, you take uh, counting your warm up shots on on the tournament, counting the shots you are going to shoot in the tournament. Uh, you will shoot uh, 100, 120 shots on the tournament. So going um, going through 40 to 50 shots is the maximum you can use on a band before uh, before a tournament. Sure. And this is a question I'd like to ask. I've asked a few people this, and I get a few different responses. It could be, uh, I'm not sure if you know what a placebo effect is. Have you heard Sorry, of a placebo, a placebo we effect? Uh, no, no. Ah, vale, 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 vale. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Placebo, placebo in Spanish. Sorry. Yeah. So it's for, for me. I've I've tried saying in the past. I've noticed when I've been using a band for a certain period of time, I actually lose accuracy on it. So I don't find that the band needs to snap to necessarily be a bad band. I can I find over time after using a band for a certain amount of time that I can lose accuracy. Is that something that you believe in or is that me um, just talking absolute rubbish? <laughs> no, you are not, uh, you are not talking rubbish. Um, but in my, in my personal case, um, if a band snaps, uh, it has to do, as I told you, because you are uh, getting too close to the elongation, you are asking way too much to that band. So that's why one, that is one of the reasons why I try to get close to the maximum, but without affecting the performance. And that is why I calculate my bands at uh, 555, because it is a, a perfect number for me because um, I get, I don't get way too close, but um, without uh, losing performance. Because um, let me think first in Spanish, please. Um, what I want to explain, it is um, the band life for me, as I told you, it is not something that I am going to care about. And it is, um, I, I, have to, I have to find the word, sorry. It is very easy for me uh, to do that. What I want to say after all is that if I am able to shoot this, I am very happy with my training. So if uh, if I use uh, maybe if the band if the band lasts, for example, one hundred and fifty or two hundred, it is it, I will always be happy if I am doing this on the band life. It is not something that that I am going to care about. And this is the best way I can answer that question because um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't find the words for this in English, but it's kind of feeling for me. If I am able to do this, then everything mm -hmm. doesn't matter. Problem. Sure. And um, when, when you say, so for example, 150 or 200 shots, why would, why would you not, keep going why would you maybe not get 300 shots because like you said a lot of the time if the bands are snapping that's because the elongation I don't get... sorry sorry if i interrupt you but in my personal case i uh once i reach 200 shots i change the bands i don't get to the point uh where my band snaps 
uh, I am not sure if I am explaining myself right. I always uh, take note of the shots, of how many shots um, I am shooting. And once I get to, for example, 150 or 200 shots, once I reach that number, uh, I don't I don't keep with the bands. I just change them. I don't get to the point where I am going to snap them. And I, suppose... I, I am I am not sure I I am not sure if I am if I yeah, am answering your question. No, yeah, but uh, let, let me let me explain. Let me ask the question in a different way. So, would you notice a difference between the last ten shots of um, a band that you've been using? So, if you've been using a band for two hundred shots, would you notice a difference in the last ten shots of that band compared to the first ten shots of a brand new band? Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. and let me let me um, let me show you uh, one device that I use um, in in order to answer that question. Okay, um, this this is uh, basically this device. It is basically a a hook scale. Okay, it is uh, it is used also on it is also used in archery when when measuring the draw weight and it is um, basically a luggage scale because um, it is uh, widely used to to weigh the luggage okay and it is very it is very cheap but very useful for me to measure the draw weight and obviously when you start using a band which is brand new you will realize in my case my draw weight is uh, two two kilos uh, for sorry let me let me think two kilos eight hundred grams okay two point eight so that's that's the exactly, that's the, exactly. Yeah. The, the the draw weight I'm I am I am holding is two point eight kilos uh, but as I am using it I end up uh, after those uh, 200 shots, about 2.3, 2.2, I, I lose throughout the band life of 200 shots, I lose about 600 grams from 2.8 to 2.2. Wow, that's um, very that's, interesting. Um, that's, that's quite a difference there. Uh, exactly. Uh, um, how do I realize or how do I notice that those 600 grams throughout the van life, I, let me show you here, for example, on the, on the catchboard, um, I start realizing or noticing that uh, as I am losing weight, uh, the speed is less and that uh, I am starting having a, a little bit of drop and I start realizing that my my shots are go low right here for example mm -hmm. and that's the time I realized that I am losing draw weight um, that's the quickest way for me to tell that I am reaching 200 shots because of that nice. and because uh, and because of that once once I know that I reach uh, 200 shots I take again this device I I hook let me show you I hook here on the on the pouch and I hold here and I I don't hold the pouch. I hold the device, okay? And just um, I stretch the band again. 
and I realized that okay, I'm losing I'm losing weight, and then see you can see. Let me show you 223. These bands are um, at the end of the band life for me, at the end of the performance for me. And I suppose that that kind of reiterates what you said earlier about you don't really care if you have to change your bands because it does make that much of a difference. And I suppose another way that you could go around that is by making adjustments to your shots. So, of course, the less pressure you've got on your draw, um, there's less power. Therefore, the shot is going to drop lower. So you can make the adjustments and perhaps um, use your sight to aim a little higher. But that's not something you really want to do. You don't want to have to compensate for... Exactly. Bands, so I, I suppose that it, that makes a lot more sense in what you're saying about you don't really care if you have to change your bands. What's most exactly. important is that you're getting the accuracy. Exactly. Um, for from my point of view, uh, at least in in my perspective, uh, I don't like to adjust myself to what the slingshot is asking to me, so to speak. I don't like you to want adjust. To be, you want to be in control of the slingshot rather than the slingshot being in control of you when you're shooting. Exactly, exactly. So that's why uh, I don't really care about the van life uh, at all. Uh, I want to feel in constant control of the slingshot. And that is why once I realize that I am having a lot of drop, uh, there is not um there is not a reason for me to keep with that band at all and that's why uh for example you will realize uh with this side that i have here a butterfly nut and i can regulate the height and i could do it i could keep with that band by regulating the side by going a little bit low but uh i know i can do it but I, I prefer, I'd rather change the band with a higher, uh, higher group weight because uh, once I reach 2.2 kilos, uh, I don't feel comfortable because it feels way too light for me and um, there is not any reason to keep the band. Sure. Well, Gaspar, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast today. Um, I've certainly learned some stuff. Hopefully, people listening in and watching this learned. Um, it was absolutely fascinating. Um, and I actually didn't realize how different the Spanish slingshots were to everything else. So um, I might actually have to invest in one of those myself and have a little play around. But um, just before we go, is there anything else that you want to mention there? Yeah, uh, for sure that uh, if uh, someone that it is... Uh, Thanks to this podcast, someone is interested in trying out uh, Spanish frames. Yes, I will be always happy to 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 show the people as I did with this podcast to show people how to start with a Spanish frame. Just uh, get in touch with me with any people that is interested. That I will always be happy and open for people to to help. And how how do we go about finding you if somebody wanted to? Uh, reach out and just ask you about the Spanish slingshots. Where yeah. can we find you? Uh, search for me in Facebook. It is the, the quickest way. I don't have, in my case, in my personal case, I don't use Instagram. But okay. uh, I, I've got, I've got uh, also my YouTube channel. Um, you can either get in touch with me through YouTube or the easiest way and the quickest way for me because I use it every day just by Facebook. 
Sure, and I'll make sure that uh, I put something there in the comments to make sure people can find you. Um, but anyway, thank you very much for your time today. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Likewise, uh, it was for me too. Thank you. Have a great day. I'll speak soon. Yeah. You, you too. Bye now.